Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. to a brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! Well, I'm one of your hosts here, John Roca, wearing a non-nerdy shirt, uh, just a regular old polo here in my office. And yes, we have all the lights on. It's bright as F uh, over here in Los Angeles. That was blue. This morning was overcast, but now it's bright, so I had to relight this damn office again. Here we go. I know this some Geek Buddies weather report brought to you <laughs> by John Stewart. Anyway, uh, I'm a writer, producer, and host over here on the Outlaw Nation channel and one of the co-hosts on this show. Uh, I'm Michael Hogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies and a co-host on this show. And I am Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, yes. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Goldbergs, and right here on The Geek Book. Oh, nice. Well said, well said. Well, we got a lot to talk about. You saw from the title of this episode, we're going to tackle the Batmobile stuff. We're going to discuss that connected trailer. We're going to talk about the coronavirus and how that's affecting the film industry and the films that might be coming down the pike, not just the James Bond film that just got delayed, but the overall industry across the world. So we're going to break that all down as uh, we talk about it. And we're also going to discuss some some weird kind of uh, Uncharted or whatever, on All of Us or something. What is it? Yeah. Both, yeah, both. yeah, all that kind of jazz. Wow. We're going to discuss it all. <laughs> Speaking of Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> Video games is where uh, Roka's geek cred sort of veers. Yeah, well, it kind of really stops. <laughs> I, I drive up to the road and I go, yeah, I don't think so. And I go, I really yeah. like, he goes, I really liked Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> Tetris was good. Where's the old games? That's where I need to be. Where's pole position? Yeah, where's Pong? Where's, where's that cartridge? Burger time. Burger time. Like Joust. Like Joust, if you will. Pitfall Harry, if you must, if you must. <laughs> things of that nature. But no, yeah, so we're going to talk about all of that on here on the show today. For those of you who are new, thank you so much for taking a chance to download us and for li- to listen to us. Uh, our numbers have been growing every week, which is great. Uh, for those of you who are come, who are back, welcome back. Thanks so much for being big fans of the Geek Buddies. Um, and just to give you uh, a, a little bit of a what behind the scenes of what we're going to do, uh, we got a lot of plans coming up for the Geek Buddies coming down the road. Uh, Michael Vogel gave us some merchandise over the Christmas break, so that's something that we're looking at possibly putting out for people to buy if they want to, so we're going to explore that as well. But uh, for those of you, uh, well, anyway, you know how the show works, and for those of you who knew, here's how the show works. Each of us tackles one geek news item, and then we take a little bit of a break, and then jump into a main geek news item, and finish out the show that way. So, uh, yeah, right? Is that right? I mean, it seems right. Okay. I'm just enjoying watching you sort of. This is uh, Helter Skelter. John <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? I just feel like I'm day? trapped. It's like a busy I, day? I, yeah, well, yes, it's a busy day. It's been a busy day. A lot going on. Do you feel claustrophobic? Right I now? do. I do feel claustrophobic a little <laughs> bit. Because I want us to be in a regular studio, and I'm frustrated that this is the best I can do. And our fans sometimes have commented on the look of the show, and I feel bad about it because I can't quite get it right. So, literally today. Is commented, that, complained? Or, or? Yeah, commented, complained. Like, the, you okay. guys are a little bit like you guys are a little bit washed out, or work on the lighting, things of that nature. So, I'm trying my best. Right. I'm not a cameraman. That's just how. 
how we look, guys. Yeah, these two are pasty as shit. I'm very um, pale. <laughs> he is Scottish. Um, and he's German. I don't know what that means. I'm just saying there are white people out there in the world. I'm I'm getting it to the point. I asked Lindley today. She's at jury duty. Can I tell you a little bit about this? Can we talk a little? Just I know we have an hour show. I was supposed to have jury duty this week, and I tur- I put it. I pushed it off. Did you really? We, we, might, have, we might have been with, together. Yeah. yeah. She was. Uh, I've never seen anyone get excited for jury duty. She loves jury duty because her job pays her full day's wages to go. Oh. So if she gets on a jury for three months, she's getting paid for three months to be on the jury full yeah, but, wage. Wow. But for her, she loves it because she loves to watch those like. Um, Midsummer Murders murder mystery show. So in her mind, oh, it's the true crime. Yeah, style. yeah, she loves that shit. And the British shows where they're solving crimes. So in her mind, when she goes to these jury duties, she's trying to solve the crime and find out who's guilty. Does she want to be in a position where she has she can drop the hammer on somebody? No. no? Yes. Okay. No. I don't know. Maybe. I've never gotten that right far in the conversation. Yeah, I've never <laughs> gotten that far in the conversation. My lady does have a very strong, uh, uh, in her mind, a strong view of right or wrong. Um, but I think she just likes the joy of like hearing the evidence and breaking it all down because it's actually a real crime. So she loves that hidden files, whatever it's called. Okay. Hard case files, whatever it is. I think it's one of those things. Perry Mason. No, the real one. The real one. Oh, like Investigation ID? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's the one that Josh and Amber listen to all the time on SiriusXM. Forensic Files. That's it. She's big fans of Forensic Files. So this is kind of a mini version of that for her to go to the jury, sit in and listen to all the evidence and decide. Who this is like the theme park version. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I did like the very first time that I actually had to go in, go in. Yeah. Uh, I was very stressed. It was it was actually a super relaxing day, except for when it wasn't. Like you went in, <laughs> like you went in and you go into the big room with the jury, like yeah. with the jury pool and you're sitting there and they're like, yeah, you know, so you got your orientation and sit here, we're gonna call people in as we need them. And I like just sitting there and I had my book and it yeah. was a good book at the time. So I'm just sitting there reading it and I'm, enjoy- I'm basically like, I'm just yeah. being told that I have to sit here and read this book. And it was super relaxing. And then they'd be like, all right, we're about to call your name for a jury. And like I would tense up, yeah, start sweating. And they'd go through the names and you're just like, don't call my name, don't call my name, don't call my name. And then they'd be like, thank you. And you're like, all right, chapter 37. I'm just go right back in. All of the behavior you're exhibiting is guilty behavior. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a gladiator when they get called it. Don't give me, don't give me, don't give me. I don't want to die in the ring. Oh god, it's just, it just, it's just, it's just a lot. Well, it's she's, lot. she's been texting me. Like, I've asked her to text me throughout the day because I want to get, I just want to enjoy her enjoying it. And right. she's apparently there's like this, the Santa Monica one. There's three separate sections in the jury room. There's a quiet room where you can go in and nobody's allowed to talk. So you just sit there and read. And they have cubicles for so you could sit and like in a nice comfortable chair and be on your computer and work from jury duty. Wow. And they have a Starbucks across the street, so you can ask for permission to go to the Starbucks and then come back and get and bring yourself in. Ooh, I want to go to Santa Monica jury duty. <laughs> it's yeah, mind blowing. I've only been to the downtown. Downtown LA yeah. is not <laughs> the same is, as that. This is why we moved into Beverly Hills for the better life, the higher life. Uh, Just moving on up. Yeah, moving on up. Except it took three hours to fucking vote. Anyway, other than wow. that. Uh, it was. It, it took it, me like uh, fifty minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was not three hours. Jesus. Oh, you suckers. Yeah, <laughs> I voted early. <laughs> it took me fifteen seconds. That's because you don't like people. I I uh, I like being alone. <laughs> yeah, see, I like to be surrounded by. I like to be with the people. We love to see the different walks of life. See, when you're in West Hollywood, it's great because you go and like my. I went with my brother. Like we went together. We're yeah. waiting in line, and he was just laughing because you go and you get in line, and it was like a long wait at the Laurel. Uh, yeah, Laurel School or public school or whatever. And uh, but like we're waiting in line, all of a sudden someone's like, "Hey, girl!" And I'm like, "Oh my god, hey!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, I haven't seen you forever!" And, like go up and hug this guy. I'm like, "Oh my god, how are you?" Daniel's like, "It's like being at a gay bar right now." I'm like, "We live in West Hollywood." We <laughs> knew everybody in line. It was great. Also has a Starbucks right outside of it. Anyway, all right. So I just want to do a little a uh, little diatribe. So thank you. Now I feel more comfortable. Feel now, better now. I feel better now. Yeah. All right. Let's get into this. Geek buddies. Uh, well, I'm gonna start off. I guess we decided that ahead of time, right off, off mic, and uh, uh, I'm gonna start with the story of the Batman, the Batmobile. Uh, it dropped here. Matt Reeves released three pictures, and maybe as I'm doing this as an on-camera thing, I'll slide in some of the pictures when I'm editing because I, I pulled down some stuff for this morning on Mornings with the Outlaw and talked about it. And I have to tell you, I am massively impressed by this Batmobile. It looks like a muscle car. Some people are saying it's a V8 or a V10. It's got coils. Uh, it's got the engine from what a U-Haul uses. Doesn't mean that it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have it, a lot of power. I mean, sorry, it doesn't mean that it has speed, but it does have power. It has torque, uh, but it's low to the ground, and it has that kind of vibe of. To me, it feels like a young dude's car. And yeah. since this is a younger Batman, it seems to make sense. Plus, we got a shot of Robert Pattinson in the full Batman suit, kind of standing a little bit away from the car. 
uh, so, which I liked. Uh, I like the fins that kind of echo a little bit of the 1960s Batman or the, the Michael Keaton Batman. Um, and then just overall the look of it and the, the, the windshield was, or the, the uh, sorry, the side windshields were pretty, windows rather, were pretty awesome as well. But overall, I dug it as a look. Uh, what did you guys think? Yeah, I thought it was super cool, and I think whenever you're you're doing a new iteration of a hero that has been on screen as much as Batman yeah. has, everyone wants to put their spin on it. I mean, when Christopher Nolan unveiled the Tumblr, the initial reaction yeah. was what, and then it became it became the Batmobile, yeah. and then even like no matter how you felt about uh, uh, Batman versus Superman or Justice League, like Zack Snyder's Batman, like he had a very particular vision he's like i want to take the tumbler and i want to take the car yeah i want to put him in the middle yeah and this i mean the fact that it is sort of a diy batman i think it's cool like yeah he's gonna have he's gonna have, need a car that can get out of places quick yeah um yeah i thought it was super cool i know some of the complaints online are like well the engine's exposed a criminal would just have to shoot it and it's like well oh, yeah. maybe that's going to come into the plot we yeah. don't know unless that's it could be glass that's covered with bulletproof glasses but we haven't seen right yeah yeah i I, th I thought it looked good. Like I really, I really, okay. I really liked how it looked. I think that what made me, as we were like looking at everyone responding, our friends responding on Twitter and everything, mm -hmm. it just made me. I realized that something, and, and our job on the Geek Buddies is to take these images and this casting yeah. and everything and talk about what we think about it and extrapolate it. So what I'm about to say is dumb because I'm going to say that it's the opposite of what we do. But like when I see something like the Batmobile, whether it was when we saw the Tumblr when the Nolan movies come comes out or this, I look at it and I go, cool. I don't. I don't know if I like it or not yet, because I'll wait to see the movie. Right, but like, you haven't seen it. Unless, unless there's something, and I'm. Tr I was trying to think mm -hmm. as I was driving over here, like, of something that I had seen an early image of that I got so angry about, mm. and I can't think of anything. Mm. Uh, but like, I saw the Batmobile, and I'm like, oh, cool. This is really different. And everything you just said, like, it looks much more like a like a, a do-it-yourself car. It's like yeah. a, it's got that muscle car vibe. I liked sort of the. The flowiness of it, it did feel like the 1960s Batmobile. I liked all of those pieces of it, but it's also like, yeah, we'll see. And kind of to your point about the criminal, well, criminals could do this. Like the way that people sort of start to like pick apart a movie yeah. before they've seen the movie based on something like an exposed engine. Yeah. I was like, guys, let's just give him a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's give him a minute. But uh, all that being said, that is part of what our job is to do, and I think that. I just always lean more towards the let's get excited about the possibilities, not start ripping apart what's not, what we don't know yet. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point you bring up. And by the way, you're you're allowed to like it or hate it. Like I think oh. that's where no, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, you for sure. That, no, no, I right? but I, yeah, I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that people should. If you look at it and you're like, to me, for example, I think something yeah. I saw some people saying like it doesn't feel like a superhero car. It feels like a car. Right. Like yeah. this is what some people are saying. And like I'm not saying that anybody should that you should like everything you see until proven otherwise, but it's like to your point, this is very much a younger Batman who's doing it himself. Like I think what Nolan did that was so cool was he explained why Bruce Wayne got all this amazing technology. Yeah. That through Wayne Tech and Lucius Fox and everything, they created a great avenue for here's where you're gonna get this stuff that you couldn't possibly build on your own. Right. Uh, and what Matt Reeves is clearly seems to be doing is, yeah, you're a you're a millionaire, you or a billionaire, you can yeah. get what you want, but you're gonna build it yourself. And that is yeah. what this is reflective of. So I think it's cool to your point how this is definitely a new take on Batman, uh, from what we've seen in the past. Mm. Uh, and I'm excited. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. I hope it works. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the Bat Cycle that dropped a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the uh, unapproved pictures that were leaked. Uh, but and and I like the Bat. I like the costume. I, I like the collar. I like the broken uh, pieces of whatever that that uh, pistol is. So overall, it feels like a workman Batman. Like yeah. it's not like a high end elitist Batman. It's not a rich Batman. You're well, right. He's got yeah. the right, right. Well, he has the rich. Sure, Batman. sure. But the the way it conveys is like I'll take that money. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, but it conveys that kind of like you said. It feels like a workman like Batman. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a blue collar. Batman, who's still like you know, because that's a muscle car. A muscle car is what like the dude with the mullet and the jean jacket had in high school, right? That's those are the people who have the muscle cars. There's no like rich kid driving around in a fucking a muscle car, and so you know that, that those I like that. And to me, and to be honest, I know I got some shit for this one. I said this. He's a young man. He's got to pick up the ladies. He's got to feel tough. 
being in a muscle car <laughs> makes you feel tough. Hearing that engine going, Vroom, that makes you feel like a badass. Like, have you guys ever driven a muscle car? Yes. Okay. No. So it's awesome. The, okay, so the three of us. Scary as fuck. I, I hope this is not too much information. The three of us collectively, we all have Priuses. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, the one time. Let's say anyway. When Batman's got a Prius, call me. <laughs> that I'm in. That I'm in. Better for the earth. The first time, the first time I drove a muscle, the first and only time I drove a muscle car, yeah, yeah. I, I rented one to drive to Vegas, and it was, uh, I think it was a challenge. You saw this all out. Dodge challenge. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. <laughs> it was a Dodge Challenger. Yeah. And never having been behind a muscle car, I was kind of like, ah, I don't understand. I don't get it. I was behind the wheel for two minutes. Yeah. Like, all these guys that do this. I now get it. There, yeah. there is a strength that comes from the sound of that engine idling. Like, oh my God, I feel like I could knock somebody out right, right. now. Right, and I'm, and I'm not trying to say sexual identity or anything. It feels masculine to be in a car like that. You feel masculine. At least I do. I feel masculine. You feel tough. Me. Yeah, you feel tough. And so, why wouldn't a young guy in his 20s have a muscle car that would that is a little souped up? It's still a muscle car, but it's souped up for his needs, right? He's not going to need to be crawling the building and shit like that or ejecting the sides so you can slide through a narrow thing. Like, he's got to be banging into shit and finding out what's happening. So well, muscle car. And, and they, scare people with the sound of it. So several years ago, and I think the statute of limitations has passed now, oh. <laughs> I was hiking someplace, and my car was on was on a hill. It was parked on a hill. And so behind me was a Dodge uh, uh, Challenger. Uh-huh. Char- Charger Challenger. I can't remember which model. But, um, you know, it was kind of a tight space. So I threw my car in reverse and backed up the little that I could back up. And then I thought I had put the car in drive. Didn't realize that I was still in reverse, so I nailed the gas to get out. Wait, I mean, I backed right into this car, and oh. I was like, "Hold!" Like to me, the impact of that, I thought I'd gone up on his hood. Right. Now, I there wasn't that much room. Like that clearly didn't happen. But I got out. I'm like, "Oh my god, I gotta leave a note for this guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my bumper, my fender, it had some it had some damage. I looked at this dash, not a scratch. Uh, yeah. I still left I still left the note and said, right, "Hey, right, right. so this is what happened. Here's my guy. Never called." Yeah. His car, he he knew that that little Prius. He goes, I busted up a Prius. Man. I wasn't yeah. even driving. <laughs> My parked car did more damage. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like I wasn't driving. There'd be nothing left. Um, I do think it is. I, I was trying to think, has there been any thing uh, that any any vehicle, object, something that with the number of times that we've had Batman on the mm-hmm. big screen, the number of versions of Batman Big screen, little screen, small screen, animated screen. Yeah. Has there been anything that has been recreated more often than the Batmobile? Right. Good point. Maybe uh, maybe just the bat suit. Yeah. But right. I, yeah, like with the bat suit, like I was thinking that like there's the bat suit, there's the Spider-Man suit. Right. Uh, you know, Superman to a lesser degree. Yeah. Um, but like when it comes to like even the Millennium Falcon has always been the Millennium Falcon. We've never rebooted Star Wars. Yeah, they changed that bitch uh, a couple of times. And the Enterprise, <laughs> the Enterprise through the different movies and through different versions of the Enterprise being built, there's been a little bit. Yeah, there's been different Enterprises, but 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 that that's, but they but they're not that distinctive. And like, right. there's a shape to the Enterprise that you make tweaks to, but you don't change. Whereas yeah. when you think about the Batmobile. Both through the through the different eras of the comics into Tim Burton's Batmobile, the Batman the animated series Batmobile, yeah. the oh, yeah. Schumacher. I mean, the, like I mean, like yeah, the Schumacher Batmobiles are the only Batmobiles. I'm like, ooh, I really don't like this. Yeah, yeah, the, the uh, Batman Forever, then the Batman Robin. Well, and don't forget the video games. Not to be you know, yeah, no, you're 100. Uh, what is the uh, oh the Arkham the Arkham games? Arkham, Arkham games. Yeah. you you spend a lot of time in that Batmobile. But yeah, it's, it's, so I think it's like particularly with people's reactions to Matt mm. Batmobile. It's interesting because I think it's one of the things that we've had the most versions of. Yeah. So I think coming up with your take on it, with a new look for it, with something that feels different, is one of the harder things. So. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, but I think you make a great point, Mike. We got to see it perform on screen yeah. to see what we feel about it overall. But Matt Reeves posting those pictures. I mean, this thing doesn't come out till what June of 2021. So we got some time. I think it's smart though. Yeah. I think, well, I think it, to your point about the uh, the the bat cycle. Yeah. Shots like. We live in an right. era where this stuff is gonna get out one way or the other, and at least um, with releasing the video of the bat suit and then releasing these images of the Batmobile, you're controlling yeah. the narrative. I think there's definitely something to be said for you know that the second that you go out to shoot a scene on location in the, with the Batmobile, yep. yeah. someone's snapping a shitty photo and it's gonna go up on the internet and it's gonna go viral. Yeah. Better to take some really slick photos that show off it, show off the thing the way you want it to be seen, right. and have those come out. Yep. So, Clicks good job. Yo. Clicks, yo. 
Yeah, I don't think there was any, there. It wasn't a coincidence that they put that reveal of the bat suit in like the next week. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, all right, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen anything negative so far, so I'm just excited to see what this version is. I, I'm just looking forward to the first trailer. Like, I really, that's yeah. really that's the big thing for me, and that's going to be a while, obviously, because they're still shooting. But it would be nice, and maybe for Comic Con they'll have something. I don't know if they've announced they're coming or not. I mean, if Comic Con happens, we'll get to that. We'll get oh, to that. Nice. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, uh, all right, so move on to our next thing. What's our next? All right, thing? so next, uh, I'm super excited as the uh, super animation dork. Uh, Sony just dropped this week uh, the new trailer for their new movie, Connected, that yeah. is coming out in September, uh, from Lord and Miller, uh, the amazing creative team that brought us both the Lego movie at Warner Brothers and uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse at Sony. Uh, so, first of all, Lord and Miller's track record in general is amazing, and when it comes to animation, has been super, super cool. I mean, Lego movie, I don't think anybody expected that first movie to be as good as it was. Yeah. yeah. Cloudy and with then, a Chance of Meatballs. Uh, yeah. and, oh, and you're right. And Sony, they did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs before that, which also is a movie, uh, the first one, that no idea it was going to be as good as it was. And like, Lord and Miller are just really, really, really funny, and they're really, really good with heart. Yeah. And Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs proved that out. Lego movies certainly proved that out. And then Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which we all take for granted as being so amazing now, that movie could have gone wrong in a thousand different ways, mm-hmm. and the fact that they just nailed it the way that they did, and so of course, you know, like they have an overall deal at Sony Television now. Uh, they're still working with Sony Animation. Uh, we've got Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Part Two coming. There's a lot of stuff happening, but then this movie connected. Nobody really knew a ton about. Trailer just dropped, and it looks fantastic. Exactly yeah. what I was saying. It looks super, super funny. Looks like it has a ton of heart. It's about uh, a family. Um, Danny McBride plays the dad. I believe Maya Rudolph plays the mom. Uh, and hold on, I'm gonna oh, yeah. check my check my notes here. Yeah. Uh, and Abby Jacobson, I believe, is the daughter, uh, and Olivia Coleman plays a voice role in it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about a girl who's always on her phone. She's getting ready to go to college. Her dad is uh, upset about letting her go. He also is upset that his family is on their devices all the time. Decides to go on a family road trip together to sort of have that one last bonding thing to get yeah. close with his daughter. She's not thrilled about it. Uh, and then in the middle of all of that, there's, you know, a crazy attack where a bunch of sentient artificial intelligence tries to take over the planet and they have to defeat it. As you do. Yeah. It's one of those great trailers where you think you're going in one direction. It looks like a, it's, oh, it's animated National Lampoon's Vacation. It's a road trip. And then robots attack. Right. <laughs> uh, but like we, you know, we just watched the trailer before the, uh, we, we recorded the episode. And I think it just looks super sweet. It looks super great. And from an animation standpoint... Uh, what I really appreciate about Sony uh, that they've continued to do is their visual style is so different and distinctive from Disney or Pixar or anything else. Like they really push the style in a different direction as well. Yeah. So what did you guys think? I, I really liked it. I mean, the the beginning of the trailer, probably the first half of the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks really sweet. Um, I don't know why they made this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then sort of the bigger story kind of comes into play where you get to find out about the robots. But from moment one, it, it just establishes this heart. It establishes this father's relationship with his daughter. Yeah. And I imagine that more than a few tears will be shed sure. in this movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about this. The, the September day, anytime a movie is advertised as coming out in September, I get a little like, ah, because to me that tells me you're not confident. I don't think that's true. Okay. I think, well... A, I think that all the rules about when movies are released uh, has gone out the window because with more and more movies coming mm-hmm. out and filling up more weeks, it just has gotten less and less. I think late August always makes me nervous. But late August I'm, makes you more nervous than September. Oh yeah, September you're getting into early fall. Like so once you like, it's basically it's like when kids are in school. Yeah. Like like end of August, and again, this doesn't necessarily apply anymore. There's been a lot of really good movies. I think um, the original, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, was an August release, mm-hmm. and I assumed that it was going to be bad because of that, and it right. wasn't. Um, but traditionally in the past, if something got dumped in late August, it was because you knew you weren't going to be number one very long, so to mm-hmm. get what you could get. But then September is after school starts for kids. Right. Uh, so you're like sort of easing into those fall movies. Yeah. And I think that with just the big the big movies that are coming out in October, November, December for the holidays, I think they just are like, we're just going to carve this week out for us. Or I don't think that a Lord and Miller movie is something that they're like, oh, let's just dump this. When, when is Soul coming? May? 
Oh wow, already? That quickly? Is that close? I thought it was... Maybe, oh, maybe it's July. Holiday. Maybe it's July. No, yeah. no, it's this summer. Okay, I thought yeah. it was like November. Okay. All right. Uh, no, let's... Check. I thought it was later in the check year. Check the magic box. So I think that's why they're trying to... But uh, look, I love the trailer. I thought the trailer was really sweet. Uh, and, you know, I thought it was going to be one of these simplistic type of films. And you're very you're very right, Mike. It is distinct uh, animation from Sony. You know it when you see it. You recognize it. You have the date. Soul comes out June 19th. June ah, 19th. Okay. okay. Uh, or was it? Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, like everything they play now. But like, I enjoy the the, the father daughter stuff makes sense, of course, because that's what's happening nowadays. You do have this division between people who are on their phone all the time, between and the parents who really don't know how to catch up to the situation a lot. And so that feels believable. That feels relatable. The idea of a road trip, family road trip. How many people? No matter how much you want your independence. If your dad says you're going on the road trip, guess what? You're going on the road trip. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it works. You know, and dad paid for everything, so or mom paid for everything. And another thing, just based on the trailer, that I think is interesting, but to your point, yeah. is obviously, you know, you just have to click through Facebook to see a thousand articles about how awful it is that people are on their phone and how many hours sure. are on your phone and we're not connected anymore and we're doing this. And this movie doesn't seem to be set. I, I could be completely wrong about this, mm. but it doesn't seem like it's a movie that says being on your phone and being in the digital age bad, right. being off your phone good. I it's, think it's just talking about that generational difference between a generation that didn't grow up right, with phones right. in their hands and a generation that did. Well, and I, see we see, and I think we see later in the trailer how both those points of views are validated in that uh, his approach to attacking or fighting back against these robots is the more uh, 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 the, the less technological approach, but her experience having been in technology assist, helps her to assist him in fighting back the robots. So you, you've got that coming together of both points of views, which is of course what you want to tackle the main villain. And so that's which are these uh, funny little dro uh, uh, robots. Well, they're making so funny jokes. Trying to kill you. Well, they're making jokes. Uh, yeah. You're a toast joke. I mean, if you're gonna kill somebody, <laughs> be funny about it. Arnold taught us that. So you know, I, I, I like yeah, that. Everybody chill. <laughs> what is this? A dog? A pig? Dog wig? I can't figure it out. You know that kind of stuff. And I think the voiceover work looks really well too. And the stuff with the dog is funny as hell. So I think overall this is sweet. Someone tweeted, oh, I think it was Scott Menzel over at We Love Entertainment. He was like, this looks like the film Onward wanted to be. And look, I can't, I couldn't disagree more. Onward was great. So I think this yeah. is going to be fun as well. I like it. And I like it. I think Onward's adorable. We'll talk about that later. But yes. True. All right, so on to the next topic. Yeah, let's do it. Speaking of Sony. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the video game movie has had sort of a troubled history. Oh, <laughs> like, there yeah. haven't been a ton of them that have been great. Sonic, Sonic. Well, and Sonic came out. Sonic made a lot Sonic of money. Sonic was fun. And so finally, both coming out of the Sony PlayStation stable, the oft-in-development Uncharted film seems like it is about to happen. Bullshit! <laughs> so, what was the director? Was it Travis Knight? Was that his name? Yeah, it was supposed Bumblebee? to be, yeah. So he had the walked... fifth director or fourth director, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was more than that, I bet. Probably. But basically, he he, he dropped out. Um, Ruben Fleischer came in to to take the reins of this young Nate Drake, which is Tom Holland, fought with, uh, with a Mark Wahlberg playing a young Victor Sullivan. So, Ruben Fleischer is not a guy... I have not been a fan of his work if it doesn't have Zombie Land in the title. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like, ah, all right, but you know, who, who knows if this is going to stick around? Well, they just added Antonio Banderas to the cast, and Mark Wahlberg gave an interview where they're supposed to start shooting in about two months. Yeah. And Wahlberg, at one point, if you guys remember, was uh, uh, attached to play Nate Drake yeah. in David O. Russell's version. A David O. Russell Uncharted movie. I don't know what that would. I don't know what that would look like. <laughs> Didn't he do I Heart Huckabees? He did I Heart Huckabees. Which Wahlberg was in. Yeah, well, and the fighter. And the fighter, right. They, they have they have a they well, have a long working relationship. Right. Yeah, all right, fair enough. But uh, Mark Wahlberg gave an interview where he was talking about like as I was reading the script, it really it really seemed like it's Indiana Jones meets the Thomas Crown Affair, and I, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, duh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if Wahlberg sure Wahlberg doesn't play this game. <laughs> that, that would be my guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty good. What I mean, what do you guys think about a Ruben Fleischer directed Uncharted? I I don't have I, I think Uncharted is a super cool game. Like I think it's great. I don't necessarily have the passion for it that you do. Yeah. Um in general, I my spidey sense is tingling with everything or like with the number of directors that has gone through that are like adding Antonio Banderas, not into adding Antonio Banderas, this just feels like feels like we're going down a bad road. <laughs> it's like a Tomb Raider road, man. Like it's just like I, I don't 
and, and I'd be more than happy to be proven wrong. Like I would yeah. love, uh, you know, I think like I think one of the first Uncharted games I got, and you came over, and like we had like a Sunday morning where we just like kept Uncharted trading too. off, like just <laughs> trading off, playing it, and everything. And I'm like, God, this game is great. It's so it much a good fun. Time? Did you guys yeah. have a good time? Yeah, we uh, especially since it was just the two of us. <laughs> Uh, nobody else just kind of, you know, interrupting. Fuck you! Fuck you! We just cool. had a rapport. <laughs> we knew we weren't we were going to switch on FIFA, so um, that's why we didn't call you. The geek duo! <laughs> Kiss my ass! But, uh, I, I just, you know, I know a lot of people, as much as I love Tom Holland, I know a lot of people aren't really thrilled with, like, a young Nate Drake. I don't, I think that yeah. that's not, so I think, like, from the get-go, this sort of is like a, it feels like we're on shaky ground for what people want out of an Uncharted movie to begin yeah. with. Uh, and so we'll see if they start shooting in two months. <laughs> yeah, true. That's a fair uh, assessment. I, I, I yeah, it's, I go. I'm of two minds about it with Tom Holland because do I want to see another movie where he's like, gosh, we really survived that. I didn't know we could get over that mountain. Huh. Or do I, you know, or or but then again, the studio is like, well, this guy puts butts in seats. People have an affinity for this guy. He's got a charm. He's he's people I mean, want to. People want to father this child. People want to take care of this child. You could say the same thing about Tom Cruise or Will Smith. Or like we saw Will Smith for like for for Will Smith. We saw like when we were growing up. We saw like every summer Will Smith was like, "Now I'm gonna go kill me some aliens." He did. You're right. He did. And and it was literally every summer. Like that's what we went to see. Right. And then it wasn't what we went to see anymore after four years. And so so Tom's 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 Holland's got like three more years. No, no. I'm not bashing Tom Holland. I'm just saying. What are you saying about Tom? I'm just saying. Do we want to? see this character all over again so i hope he's a more self-possessed in control of the situation young nathan drake i'd like to see that that would be more interesting a cocky nathan drake that has to maybe learn his lesson a little bit i'm down with that and so i uh, yeah the rumor flesh thing is i'm of two minds as well like this idea of yeah, I, I did like zombie land something too double dab was fun it wasn't great but it was fun so uh what can he do with that but is that the writing or is that the direction because the guys who wrote that film were really good writers for a lot of the comedy action thing here but this is his wheelhouse. He can do action, so at least the action scenes might do well. But yes, overall, this doesn't excite me, doesn't thrill me, and it fe- he feels like a workman-like choice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is good, slide him in here. We need He'll to shoot the movie. Yeah, we need to shoot the movie. He'll do a serviceable job. Let's get this thing out there. I do think something you said I think is true, I, and Sonic notwithstanding, yeah. like, as we said, like I thought Sonic was way better than it should have been. Oh, yeah. It was a very fun movie, but I think that video game movies are where comic book movies were like 20 years ago. Like we now are in an era where the comic book movie is the movie that we go to see in, in movie theater. Like that is right. that is the top tip top of the cinema movie business industry right yes. now. The genre has been elevated. Yeah. So we're seeing things like Joker, yeah. like you know, like like we're seeing Logan. We're, Logan. we're yeah. seeing these amazing movies and even the Avengers Endgames and with Black Widow coming out everything like those things are they're treated with a certain level of like budget star power respect Mm. the whole thing and video game movies haven't crossed that threshold yet and they will I think they will but I think with this and we're gonna talk I know you're gonna talk about Last of Us now I think that with both of them I have this sense of like as someone who loves these stories and the type of storytelling that happens in video games, I would love to see video game movies have this as well, and no one has quite given them that level of respect yet. Yeah. Well, and that might happen, because it was just announced today in Variety yeah. that HBO is teaming up with Craig Mazin, who is the EP on uh, Chernobyl, mm-hmm. along with, uh, I think his name is Neil Druckmann, who was the original creator and writer of The Last of Us. They are going to be doing The Last of Us as a series on HBO. Can you explain what The Last of Us is real quick for people who might not know? It is essentially, it's the same... <laughs> who doesn't know except for John? <laughs> There's a few of us. There. <laughs> does it have to do with zombies? It does, it does have, have to, to do with zombies. Do with zombies. I knew that much. It, it does have to do with zombies. Explain the logline. It's the same. It's the same game engine, I believe, as Uncharted. Oh. It is basically a slower Uncharted. Okay. Because you're kind of walking. It's a very real world. Like you have to solve problems. Like, hey, I have to cross this. I have to cross this little this little hole. And like in a regular video game, you would just leap across it. Well, here you have to find the board. Mm-hmm. It's basically a road trip movie where these two characters have to get to sort of the other side of the U.S., and it's after a pandemic. It's after sort of a a disease breaks out. And the fact that they have, I mean, Chernobyl had such a great just visual palette. I mean, you could see, like, yeah, that's that's what The Last of Us should look like. Yeah. What, uh, let me ask you this, um, 
So what makes Last of Us, why would this be different than Walking Dead or anything else? Like, Why do you think HBO has said, yes, this is the thing that we want to do? I think it's because Craig Mazin is actually a big fan of the game. A mm. lot of people, it won a lot, I think it won Game of the Year the year it came out. I believe the sequel is coming out in just a couple of months. Okay. Um, it's just it's just the storytelling yeah. that's involved. There's, in a, like, there's, there's some emotional twists and turns yeah. to the story. Uh, as someone who didn't finish the game, I actually know what happens at the end of the game still, because I was like, I don't finish games a lot. Yeah. I really get excited for like the first week and a half of a game, and I'm like, this is great. And then I'm like, eh, okay. We have that one session where you and I play back and forth, just the two of us. Which was so much fun because it was just the two of us. It's so great. Oh, God, it was so good. Just Wait, you know are you me. telling me you don't see things through to the end? It Only doesn't sound like you at all. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so how was it when you two were playing? That was not was it? valid. It was. He laughed. It's uh, not valid. <laughs> not even valid. Suck it. But... Uh, but I do know that, like, the, I think that that is a thing, that even though, I think that with any of these zombie stories, like, with this, there is, like, a really sort of emotional arc and twist to the story that is really interesting, so. Yeah. What a, what a twist. I'm yeah. a zombie. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm looking forward to see, we'll see what happens, and that's the way you do it, from my opinion, is a TV series, right? And, you know, to me, the movies are, it's limiting. It's limiting. You can do a TV series or a video game, it's built to be played over numerous hours, so therefore, it feels logical to make it a TV series, and you can... Make it more grittier and more, I don't know, just more violent. Look at The Expanse. The Expanse is fantastic on Amazon Prime or sci-fi. And that is a pretty gritty sci-fi story that feels like elements of a video game. I do think you're right. I think that just in the nature of the way a video game is designed, yeah. to the point, it is like we're in this level to this level to this level or this world to this world to this world. Like there Season is a, one, season two. Yeah, season, yeah, yeah. I do think that you do make a really good point that even if you, like, if you were going to do a Super Mario an epic treatment. <laughs> the the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of Mario, Luigi, Princess, and Toadstool. Uh, the Mario it, Cinematic Princess Universe. Toadstool is it's a me. It's yeah. a me. It's a Mario. <laughs> but like you think of like you think of all the worlds and all the characters and all the everything like. Yeah, maybe maybe a epic Mario animated series or a live action series on HBO would be better. <laughs> like Somebody call me. I got I got I got yeah. some pitches. I got ideas. I got ideas. <laughs> Uh, the gear's attorney. That video game wasn't all true. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you the true story of the Mario Brothers. <laughs> See that? So now, in the background, Luigi's just giving him the stink eye. Yeah, he does a Mario Kart. Like, <laughs> Princess, she's like cooking in the in the kitchen over there, going, whoa, whoa, "This guy whoa. doesn't know what he's talking about." Why the princess got to be in the kitchen? No, I'm just. Oh. So anyway, yeah. I'm just saying the traditional Italian stuff. That's what I would. You were, you were the main character. I can jump high. I can jump on. <laughs> Why is it not a dragon? Uh, anyway, all right. Um, well, there we go. That's our uh, uh, geek news items for the week. Thank you all for paying attention to this first half of the show. We're going to take a quick break and jump into our main topic. We're discussing the uh, delay of James Bond due to the coronavirus, the No Time to Die movie, and what that could mean for other movies that are coming down the pike and how much box office already these countries have lost across the world. So we're going to discuss it all and see what we think is going to happen uh, right after we do a nice little pose. And we're back. Oh, wow, that was really woo, fun. Woo. <laughs> well, let's jump into this thing. This was, a, let me bring it up real quick. This was a, uh, a decision by um, MGM, by uh, Universal Pictures, by UA, and the two producers, uh, Barbara Broccoli being one of them, uh, in this uh, James Bond No Time to Die situation. It was supposed to come out uh, real soon. It was supposed to come out April. 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 And uh, uh, actually, Daniel Craig, as we're recording this, is supposed to be on SNL this weekend. Billie Eilish's song already dropped for No Time to Die. So the uh, PR push for No Time to Die was in full motion, and then the coronavirus situation popped up. And yesterday on Deadline, they said it wasn't about the coronavirus, and they said it was a financial situation. And then, of course, it came subsequently all these other articles saying, yes, it was about the coronavirus. And they released a statement saying that they're worried about the filmgoers and the health of filmgoers, and they don't want people going and mass these things. Also, what's the point of putting on these things if no one's going to come to them because they're afraid, right. or people aren't going to cover them because they're going overseas and things of that nature? So now it's pushed to November 12th in the UK, November 25th here in the states that'll be the release dates uh two release dates for no time to die but there have been other films that mulan has been affected uh now we've got black widow coming in may for will black widow be affected fast nine will fast nine be affected territories that have really been traditionally powerful uh, uh box office for these films uh that being china uh, is being it's, massively affected yeah. by 75,000 theaters have been closed in china wow. with no uh china's the big i mean yeah. china's the big China's such a huge market, yes. and 
every studio, like like getting like getting those movies into China, mm-hmm. like the amount of money that you make, the amount of box office that's just sitting there for the taking that is now just not there. Yeah, like, it's right. just not happening. Uh, the first thing I thought when this news came out, which was very selfish, was that I now have a lot more time to catch up on my Bond. Oh. Because as I said, as I said, as I said several times, like the trailer made me realize that I don't remember the Daniel Craig Bond movies as well as I do, yeah. as well as I thought I did. And so I was like, okay, well, thank God. <laughs> then, I, then I started to get concerned about the industry and everything else. But right. my first thought was, all right, I got till November. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. I can take this slow. Well, and here's the numbers. I mean, like last year, the uh, business worldwide of movies, 42.5 billion worldwide of movies made. Right, it was a record year, banner year. Uh, but this thing has been shuttering fil- uh, theaters in China, in South Korea. China sa- and some analysts believe that uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19 has already resulted in a loss of at least five billion, or will result in a loss of at least five billion dollars wow. from diminished box office revenue and impacted production ticket sales. And the traditional Chinese New Year holiday period from January 24th to February 23rd of this year were a tiny 4.2 million compared to last year was 1.76 billion. Yeah, wow. uh, Those kinds of things are happening. And it's not just happening. In China. Like uh, Universal opened uh, Invisible Man to $1.1 million as an opening. And it won the box office. I mean, like, that's wow. insane. In China. People are not going out. They're not. South Korea slid nearly 70% in their revenue as well. Um, and uh, they were 52, they had uh, 62 billion, which is essentially 52 million here. And uh, they that was what they did. Compared to the 189 billion from last year, aka 158 million. Also, the Middle East has been affected as well. Japan has been affected in this uh, in this situation. So there's a lot happening across the board with these. And then the re- releases of Jojo Rabbit in China, 1917, and all that's been shuttered. Right. Uh, Renee Zellweger was supposed to go over and do this big promotional push for Judy. All of that canceled. She did it over the phone. And the two big Chinese releases went straight to free uh, streaming. Uh, in wow. China instead of being released. So that's a lot of money. It's crazy. It's the, the coronavirus is really interesting because it's like there's two I feel like every time you watch the news there's like two versions of the story about the coronavirus going on. Yeah. Like the one version is holy shit no sickness like this has like I can't think in recent memory of anything that has affected sort of the world the way this is affecting the world. And then the other one is like guys it's pretty much just the flu. Like yeah. it's fine. And, like, it's very interesting because it's, like, I think that's why everybody is sort of freaked out, not quite sure what's going to happen, not sure what's going on, is because we're both being told that this is insane and crazy, and it's popping up everywhere, and it's super very virulent, virulent, can't even say that. Yeah, virulent. Uh, but, and, and at the same time, uh, it's like, hey, just, it's fine, just, just take the normal precautions. Yeah, but I think the people who are saying that are, you know, from a certain particular, particular point of view, and I... I don't get it to me to because the, the the death rate is way higher, and now the United States is not releasing the amount of people who are being tested, whereas they're being t- the, the, those numbers are, are being released from other people or other countries around the world because people want to be aware of this kind of stuff. Well, I do think it's not just people from a certain point of view. I do think it is just you know when you're listening. I was listening to the news this morning. Um, you know, most of the deaths are. People who are already elderly, pe- yeah, people yeah, yeah. who would normally, in a really, really bad flu season, also be affected. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This isn't like it's not like outbreak the movie all of a sudden where right. you know all this like for like there's there's plenty of people that are getting the coronavirus that they get a really bad flu and they do get better. Like it mm. is it's not a once you get it you're dead. Right. I just watched Outbreak the other day, so it's top of mind. So it's it it not <laughs> a good movie to be watching while all this is going on. But, I mean, going forward, think about, like, okay, already they're talking about Black Widow. They're yep. talking about Fast 9. What does this mean for the rest of the summer? Exactly. What does this mean for some something like Comic-Con, which, you know, the three of us go mm. to every year. Well, almost every year. Oh, uh, you know what? One year. <laughs> go to a wedding. Go to a wedding. Maybe you should have wedding buddies as a podcast oh. instead. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think Kalinowski and I were talking about mm. this. Like, oh my gosh, what 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 happens? What do we do if suddenly Comic Con doesn't happen? Well, we probably won't go to Comic Con. Well, sure. I'm talking about <laughs> what are we gonna do? Well, we won't go. We'll go to Palm Springs that weekend. There we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, but, trailers is, anyway. but yeah. it is really interesting. Like to your point, like, yeah. like this has never. And as we were just talking about with uh, with um, the Last of Us Connected yeah. being in September. Oh, and yes. how the studios sort of pick their movie dates. You know, it's sort of like 
it's it's the law of the jungle. Like the big the big ones, the big predators come in. Like you know, mm-hmm. the Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar. They kind of pick their dates, and then everybody's okay. Well, there's these movies are gonna go here. Yeah. And it all gets shuffled around, but. If this trend continues and some of these other movies also get pushed, mainly, although it was very nice when you said in the article that they said they were worried about everybody's health, really they're worried about that China box office. Well, right, exactly. So uh, it, it's a combo of both. So it was the coronavirus, but it was the financial situation. But I do think that um, with the coronavirus affecting box office, particularly in China yeah. and the East, uh, I think that like... Um, if this trend does continue, I mean, it's just a pile-up of movies, and mm. it's just going to turn into a complete mess. Like it just, yeah. It's it's going to be an insane year because of that. And you're 100% right about things like Comic-Con. I mean, you know, as, as the one of us that goes to Burning Man, even on the Burning Man uh, chains right now, people are like, is Burning Man going to happen this oh year? Like, God. any big Can event. Uh, that any... might be the safest place to go. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> I like, you guys don't wash. I'm talking about the safest place to go. Our camp has They're showers. They're all going to be dead. What are you talking about? I, Burning, Man, Burning Man is a nice contained environment. You're secluded yeah. out in the desert. Yeah. Out in the desert away like from the all this. It's like the Massacre. One, people walk, one person walks in and everyone is just helicopters flying over bodies. But <laughs> strewn across the desert. Bodies and bicycles. And bicycles. And that have been bedazzled. Various states of undress. Listen. Right, anyway. And glow sticks. Anyway. <laughs> the glow, that's how they're going to use to find them, the glow sticks. <laughs> We shouldn't be laughing about this. I'm just saying. Um, but I mean, can you guys think of anything... In our lifetimes, right, that affected things in this way. Like, well, not for the film industry, right? Of course, AIDS blew everybody's uh, mind. Yeah, right? for sure. No, I mean, I'm I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anything yeah. that kind of affected pop culture in this way, I guess. It's, yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to take away from like obviously the AIDS crisis or right, any other major health thing, but this is sort of something that is. This does feel like, as much as I was saying, it's yeah. not like this. This has that feeling of like an outbreak or a contagion or any of these movies mm. that we see where I think that's why it's stoking people's fears so much is that all of a sudden you just hear about this uh, this this sickness that does seem to spread very easily that's just like popping up everywhere. Yeah. Well, I'm, when I first got to Japan, which mm-hmm. was like in 2003, that was right as SARS. Oh, SARS, right, right. And it, it's interesting to to kind of be in the area where it's sort of taking place but still reading like American news and they're showing all of these uh, all this video with Japanese people with these face masks on like SARS 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 and like well the Japanese do that when they're sick already because they don't want to yeah. get you sick yeah, so yeah. it's sort of that it's sort of the the myth versus reality um, but yeah I mean I I feel like SARS disappeared within like a month. Yeah. But it, there was sort of that, like, oh my gosh, this is the thing that's going to kill everybody. Right. But the coronavirus has been around, like, what, since before the new yeah. year? Right? Yeah, right. Well, the actual strain of it has been around for quite some time, for years. This is just a more aggressive strain. Gotcha. And they've actually been working on a cure for this particular strain for quite some time, too. They're in the third trial stages of a cure for this. So, you know, don't let someone come out and say, Oh, we've been working on the cure the whole time. No, yeah. bullshit. It's been ongoing for quite some time. This strain, though, just happens to have accelerated. I was the reading in one article, and I don't know how valid any article is. Like, I think with sure. any of this, it's like you're trying to like, double and triple check everything. Yeah. But um, saying that like this might just be the new flu. Like that, like this is yeah. like an evolution of the flu, and this is just what we're going to deal with now. And like every year in flu season, it's going to be like batting down the hatches. Right, right. Well, I mean, you, and. and that's what people, when people say it's just the flu or blah, 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 the flu, I'm like, no, no one's reacted to this like this. No one. And I mean, this is like, yeah, the flu comes along and gets your flu shot. There's no coronavirus shot. So people are reacting in this way because they want to um, avoid that situation happening. And so, like, even New York, apparently, they're not going to clean the subways every three days. Well, that, that's an improvement. It took the coronavirus for them but to finally go, I like, guess hey, maybe we should back, clean the fucking subway. But back to my original question, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and apropos yeah. what we were talking about, like, there's been a lot, there's been SARS, obviously, yeah. there's the AIDS crisis, there's been a ton of horrible, horrible diseases right, that we right, know right. of, but uh, has anything ever affected, like, I've never seen studios be like, we're going to push all of, push a movie so yeah, far, maybe yeah. more to come, right. because of a sickness. Not like that this. I can think of. Right. Not you know, I mean, I think that's what's really, uh, you know, the reason that we're covering it, because we're certainly not medical experts. Nope. Um, but because, like, it was a really interesting thing that you, that... As much as we're reading the articles and watching the news like everyone else and like washing our hands and doing everything that you can do, the second that they're like, oh, they're moving Bond, like they're moving a yeah. James Bond movie yeah, yeah. out of the way, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, we should probably talk about this on Geek Buddies because this could be mm-hmm. a big shift in the entertainment industry. Well, in eight months, 
down the road. They're moving it eight months down the road. So what do they know that we don't know? Did they speak with people? No, I don't think that's it. I don't think so. I don't think that there's, I don't think the studio got on the phone with the World Health Organization and they said, hey guys, November. I think, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it actually is probably more along the lines of what we were talking about, which is they were looking at where they could move it down the line. Mm. And there's so many movies that are already scheduled that already have their dates locked. And they're like, where can we put this? And even though there's already movies coming out in around the Thanksgiving weekend, of course, right. that's a really big weekend that can sustain a lot of big tentpole movies. Right. And there's never been, and there's no other month that uh, James Bond movies have come out in right. more than November. So yeah. I think they typically yeah. come out in November. So I don't think it was yeah. some kind of like you know non-calculated thing. All of the people that will get sick will be gone by then or anything like that. Right. Because like, I think it was like November's a good date. We'll wipe them all out. <laughs> it's after Burning Man. Burning Man is going to be on there. All the cosplay people are like, oh man, to helicopter cosplay, that'd be almost be bad. Okay, that's just kidding. Is that too far? That's too far. All right. It's not going to happen. I'm just making jokes. Uh, we got to laugh in the face of the sadness and tragedy. That's and wash our hands. And wash our hands. I mean, well, whenever, you go, whenever you go on a cruise, whenever, like at least, like... Yeah, tell us about the cruise. They always do this thing, because, like, on a cruise, there's obviously, like, you're on a boat with a bunch of people for a week and whatever, so they really try hard to make sure that yeah. stuff doesn't spread. So, like, they just, like, they're like, wash your hands, wash your hands. Like, anytime they ever, like, hey, guys, here's the announcements for today. Also, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. <laughs> so I've literally been walking around all week just being, like, anytime I walk anywhere, I'm like, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. It's great. I like when they release those songs you could sing while you're washing Happy your birthday. hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a break. Like from, you from know, is that what you're saying, the Nell Carter? <laughs> Give no. me a break now, I know what it takes. <laughs> Show in the whole world, nothing can bring me down. He just put together four different songs. That is not the Give Me a Break song. Give me a break, I sure could use it. I gotta make it to the top. Well, what was I singing? Give me a break, now I know what it takes. No. You might be singing the kick. Yeah, you just sang the Silver Spoon song. <laughs> oh, which okay. we're not licensed to do, so now thanks a lot. Well, now that's the like a non-licensed song. We're screwed now. <laughs> Thank God Nell Carter has passed away. Rest in peace. I love you. Oh. Uh, anyway, so we'll see. I mean, like, this is this is happening in Italy. This is happening in the Middle East. This is starting to spread more and more. We'll see what happens in the States. Man, I got a top 10 show coming up, May 2nd, in the UK. It's starting to pop up in the UK, too. So now there's a little bit of a fear. Are we either, are we even going to sell out? Are we even going to sell out? And are we even going to go? You know? And so that's the concern I have. Now, are people going to show up? Are we going to buy tickets? Only 10 people are going to show up yeah. to a 400-seat theater. That scares the living hell out of me. I, I'm worried about that now. For the first time today, as I was doing it on Morning of the Outlet, it occurred to me, like, my mind started working. As I was talking, I was like, oh, my God. Oh my God! Like there could be people don't come out if they don't figure this thing out soon enough. Yeah. You know. And have you got any um, out of the country stuff that you got coming up for any of your pitches or anything like that? And not for my pitches, but I'm supposed to go to London at the end of this month. Oh uh, yeah, for the show. To, to go see the new Prince of Egypt in the West End. Calm down. John's mad at me. <laughs> John, John, it's our movie. John texted me to tell me how excited he was because this Prince of Egypt musical was opening in the West End. I said we gotta go. And he said we gotta go, and I informed him that I was already going with another friend at the end of this month, and I've not lived it down thus far. He texted ten dots, and then said I'm ah, already ah. going. And then the person he's going with texted me and said, "Am I in trouble with you?" And I said, "Oh no, you're fine. You don't have a response. You don't have a shared moment." with this film and history that I have with Mike Vogel for two decades with this film. But apparently, and then he said, you don't strike me as the guy who would fly in to see a musical. I'm like, Prince of Egypt is a whole nother animal. Wouldn't fly in to see Chicago or fly in to see In the Heights, but I would fly in to see a Prince of Egypt musical. Anyway. I didn't even fly in to see the Harry Potter. I didn't see the Cursed Child, I didn't even see that. But Prince of Egypt, it's a whole nother ball game. Anyways, I, yeah. You may get your wish. I may not be going. Who knows? Oh yeah, it happens. I'll do the I'll do the musical for you here. <laughs> is it new music or is it the same songs? It's the same songs, but I, there, I think there's new. There's new. Yeah, whenever oh, they do yeah. these adaptations, like they add songs, right, so right, they right. build out the right. story a little bit more. What do you hear about the Beetlejuice musical? Anything good or bad? Parrot's good. Parrot's a lot okay. of fun. Okay. I I don't I I've listened to some of the music. I don't necessarily love the music that I've heard, but okay. from people who have seen it, they say it's a lot of fun. Is Michael Keaton going opening night? Have they done opening night already? It's, yeah, it's already oh, scheduled yeah. to close. Oh, it's already scheduled to close. Yeah. Oh, so it's, well, it's getting ready to go on tour. Also. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it didn't do that well. It, it didn't do. It tour. didn't. It didn't. 
it didn't break box office records on Broadway. Okay. But most cool. things don't do right. Most things don't break box office records. Right. They schedule the tour kind of yeah. right away. Ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Anything more to say about the coronavirus thing, or are we good for this episode? Wash your hands. Wash, wash your, hands. your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> I guess if you want to, I, I I don't believe in that kind of stuff. It's like you you're gonna get it no matter what you do. That's the way I look at it. I like how we started this thing out with you being like people of a certain mindset say it's no big deal, but it's a big deal. And now you're like, if you're gonna get it, you're gonna get it. I didn't say it's Which not a big deal. It? Which one is it? I didn't it? say it's not a big deal. I'm just saying you can try all the preventative measures you can, but you're gonna get it if you, you're gonna get you it. You can take all that snake oil you like. Yeah, <laughs> but someone's gonna go. Washing your someone's hands. Someone's gonna see you and go. Washing and your hands. hands. Washing your hands is probably a pretty safe bet on That's, something that you should so. be doing. I suppose so. Yeah. Are you using warm water or hot water? I use. I I actually use hot water. I like I like, oh. like a really hot. Yeah. Hand wash. So a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> Have you two guys been seeing Hunters? I gotta. I, gotta I haven't started it. watching it yet. I watched the first episode. I was not crazy about it, and I got about five minutes into the second episode, and I turned it off. It my parents off. really liked the first nine. Ep- my my parents watched all of it, and this is the text message I got, which actually makes me want to watch it all. My parents go, "You should check out Hunters. We really liked the first nine episodes." Yep. And I was like, "Oh," and they were like, "We're with you on the first nine. Let us know what you think of the tenth. Yeah, the tenth. Really? There's two twists in the tenth that you're like, what in the actual f? Really? So, yes. Okay. And the last twist was my favorite because I'm like. So you liked it? I did. I did because it's wonky as fuck. It certainly feels like Quentin Tarantino. That's. It seems yeah. But like when he, people going like, oh, it's like Quentin Tarantino. You know, Quentin Tarantino was copying off 70s exploitation films, so there's no difference. Right. It's can you do it well? And I think they did do it well. Yes, it's Tarantino esque. That's not a negative. So, okay. you know, I think if you do it well and the, and the makers do it well, and I, I think Pacino's great, and Logan Lerman is great as well, and we saw Ruben and Carol Kane, there's a lot of good actors in this thing. It was just kind of silly. Yeah. It was, it was silly. Was it? What? To me. The Holocaust stuff was silly to you? The... That was pretty brutal the shit. Twists, the, you, the twists, the twists that they exploitation. made. You, you need to make up your mind it's on that. It's not exploitation. You just said it was the 70s. No, no, I'm saying the it's vibe of, of it. The right, vibe. the vibe of it is that, and just like Tarantino does, where he takes something that is sometimes serious and makes it ridiculous and over the top. Yes, 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 yes. This did this as well. But it didn't make any of the Holocaust scenes uh, ridiculous or over the top at all. No. It made it brutal. Okay. And, and really unsettling. Okay. Like, I, I put this on par. Some of those scenes I would put on par with what you see in Schindler's List. Okay. I was really surprised by the darkness of some of the Holocaust scenes. But that being said, yes, some of the 70s stuff is absolutely out there, wonky and crazy and whatever. And then as you go forward, you'll see how much more crazy it gets. So, yeah, it's definitely an acquired taste. Yeah. Because those vignettes that are are in every episode, those weird little vignettes. I didn't care for that right. at all. So if you're not into it, it's not your jam. And to um, be fair, Lindley didn't get on to like the seventh episode. And she was like, just tell me what happened in the first six, because I don't know. This stuff is weird to me. So, yeah. But uh, I really quick before we wrap up, yeah, yeah. I didn't really touch on it either. And I know I, I saw your tweets. You were very impressed with it. So, uh, Clone Wars Season 7. Yeah. I mean, The Bad Batch. Yep, I watched the first one. You did? I watched The Bad Batch. You watched the second one. So, Shannon, as anyone who's been listening yeah, knows, yeah. like, he, he basically has just binged all of Clone Wars animated to get up to season seven. Yeah. And you caught up. You made it all the way. Yes. Right. Well, very, very satisfying. Yeah. Very satisfying. Like, watching the clones, I'm, and, and this is dumb, I'm just like, how come there isn't a movie of just these guys? The Bad Batch? Uh, or yeah. the clones? Well, the clones, the clones in general. The Bad Batch. Right, right. The Bad Batch is, that's why I want it. That's the Dirty Dozen to me. And they're badass. Or, or no, Expendables. They feel like Expendables. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second episode, even, I just watched it before you guys came home. It's damn good. It's, okay. it is. it's even more fun. And the third episode, as of when we're recording this, is tomorrow morning. Yes. So tomorrow I'm very morning. excited. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So we haven't really... I just wanted to bring it up because we haven't really like had an entire section devoted to Clone Wars. Maybe in a few weeks we'll, I think we'll, when the season, season is over, we'll do a review. Yeah, I think awesome. that makes sense. But right? it's been super satisfying this yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we've got a, a review of the last two of the last two episodes of Picard, the five, sorry, the five and six episodes of Picard coming up as well from us later on from the Geek Buddies. And then we'll tackle seven and eight after eight premieres next week. So... Uh, that's how we're doing it, two episodes at a time, and we'll get into that. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching this episode of The Geek Buddies or listening to this episode of The Geek Buddies. Really appreciate it. Shannon, what do we tell them? Yeah, you like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MKToon. If you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at the Roca Says. Yeah. Like you? 
Uh, listen, guys. Here's what I want you to do as soon as you're done here. Wash your hands? I want you to wash your hands. <laughs> wash your hands. Wash your hands. Once you've washed your hands, go back to your laptop, your computer, your phone, wherever you're watching, listening. I want you to subscribe right along down here. Leave nice. us some comments. Yes. Uh, if you're li if you're watching and if you're listening on Anchor, on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever you're listening, uh, leave us some comments, give us some ratings, uh, tell your friends, retweet us, uh, do a Facebook post, whatever you want to do. Uh, let's just get some more people in. And once you've done all of that, you've touched a lot of devices. So then I want you to go back <laughs> to the bathroom or the kitchen. I want you to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, and then. We're good. Oh my god. Yeah, you don't want to get the coronavirus from the geek buddies. That's, <laughs> That's a bad endorsement. Anyway, all right. Well, thanks everybody for watching this episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.